Hi everyone and welcome back and thank you for being here. In this episode, we'll discuss the history of Latinx people and immigration to the United States. We will discuss past, current, and the changes and health disparities among Latinx individuals within the mental health realm. We will also dive deep into why it's important to identify specific ways to work with Latinx individuals and how truly vital it is to understand each individual's culture. Immigrants are really faced with so many different significant stressors throughout their lives that negatively impact their overall mental health, included but not limited to issues related to pre-migration, major life events, family separation, poverty, unsafe migration journeys, and post-migration issues like discrimination, unsafe neighborhoods, living conditions, and language barriers, according to Vasquez Guzman et al. 2020. The United States has a significant history of abuse and trauma towards not only indigenous peoples, but also immigrants following the European settlement of this country. There's a history of immigration policies over the last couple decades, including the Bush administration, who deported 2 million immigrants, the Obama administration, who deported 3 million immigrants, and the recent Trump administration, which increased anti-immigrant rhetoric and implemented a immigrant zero tolerance policy, according to Bukay Harari et al. 2020. So this really shows that no matter what the background of the politicians are, no matter if it's Republican, Democrat, these administrations are still deporting millions of immigrants during their time in office. Practitioners and other professions working with the Latinx immigrant community have a really long way to go in terms of incorporating cultural values within the treatment process. Providers that are committed to challenging their own biases and preconceived notions they might hold towards the Latinx populations need specific tools to be encouraged to embark on this process because it's not an easy process. And if we don't have the guidance, we don't really know what we're doing or where to go or how to improve. So if a therapist lacks acknowledgement of privilege and power and the other things that I mentioned, like biases and preconceived notions, this leads to issues within the therapeutic alliance, according to Lauricella et al. 2021. And historically, the Latinx immigrant community is receiving services from providers that really have not had any education or the proper education and guidance to work with a specific community. Like I said before, Latinx immigrants undergo several stressors prior, during, and post-migration. So throughout these various phases, there is significant stressors and even traumatic experiences throughout that process. And these are factors, there's factors that affect this population at the individual level, 
family level and even community levels, according to Vasquez Guzman et al. 2020. Professionals working with this population must be aware of each stage that Latinx immigrants are enduring because this will show their specific needs depending on where they're at without generalizing the community as a whole and really being aware that each individual's experience is different. And the increase of Latinx immigrants demands that more therapists and practitioners be aware of the political climate as well, the current political climate and perhaps the political climate of when they immigrated and the impact that it has on their Latinx patients, as well as personal perceptions of the Latinx community in order to meet their specific mental health needs according to Lauricela Aital 2021. Therapists really have to understand and be aware of the messages that the Latinx immigrant population is receiving from various platforms in the media, politicians, and even the, the same community that they're residing in. This is imperative for providers to be able to better serve the population that they're working with. If a provider doesn't engage in self-reflection continuously and maintain themselves educated on what exactly this community is enduring, this might lead them to become biased and engage in judgment of their Latinx patients. And this just continues the stigmatization and reduces the likelihood of Latinx families to seek out therapy services, according to Lauricela et al. 2021. On the other hand, mental health providers who are sensitive to the real experiences of these immigrants can promote resilience and provide adequate support to these families and individuals. Silva et al. 2022. According to a study by Ruiz 1995, Latinx is in therapy have an increased probability of being misdiagnosed with psychosis or other severe pathology, which really directly impacts the level and appropriateness of the mental health services that they're recommended to and will receive. Another study by Arroyo 1996, examined white therapist biases against the Latinx community, which unfortunately and sadly, but not surprisingly, found them to have less empathy towards the patient and providing a poorer prognosis for treatment compared to their white patients. So this is clearly showing a bias, and this is something that could be worked on, prevented, or at least decreased in the amount that it's happening if these practitioners had the right guidance and knowledge with working with these Latinx population. Auricela et al. 2021 discusses that it might even be difficult for some therapists to identify strengths of their Latinx immigrant clients due to unawareness of their culture. And it can also be difficult for therapists that have a different cultural background to identify these strengths as easily because they don't connect with the person or they feel uncomfortable or they really do feel like they are not equipped to work with the person, but they're working with them anyway. Specifically, if they are having challenges with biases against the Latinx immigrant population. 
a key factor of the effectiveness of treatment and the therapeutic alliance between a Latinx patient and a therapist is trust, which translates to confianza in Spanish. Confianza is really big in the Latinx community. Just like any other community as well, you need to be able to trust your provider and truly feel like there's someone that is on your side and is someone that can help you. Building trust with undocumented Latinx immigrants is especially important due to the prevalence of anti-immigrant rhetoric that has increased fear among these communities, which then makes it difficult for them to open up and be honest about what's really going on in their lives and even makes it difficult for them to seek services in the first place. Garcini et al. 2022. Another aspect that's missing from much of the therapeutic relationship between therapist and Latinx immigrants, according to Garcini et al. 2022, is the use of culturally appropriate assessments and treatments. So this is important not just in the treatment phase, but also in the phase of when they first appear in your office. Are these assessments culturally aware and able to address their specific needs. There has to be a certain modification of these tools, and that's essential to incorporate because it assists providers to develop a deeper understanding of how an immigrant's culture may be contributing to issues or, on the other hand, be a source of strength for that person. There's an urgent need to tailor mental health interventions to fit the needs for a specific culture and within a specific and particular setting, according to Acevedo Polakovich et al. 2017. There also must be ongoing training and supervision with the possible use of consultation, and this should be an ongoing thing that practitioners are engaged in on using culturally informed methods that can fill that necessary gap for mental health providers. Silva et al. 2022. According to Lauricera et al. 2021, they discuss the importance of shifting to a strengths perspective, which can also assist therapists to better engage and work with Latinx families in incorporating their own culture in order to improve functioning and resilience when faced with discrimination and oppression. A focus on strengths within cultural values can help incorporate things like the use of religion, the use of faith, family connection, and even pride within the culture. The Latinx population is the largest and fastest growing racial and ethnic minority group in the U.S., Notice 2017. According to the U.S. Census Bureau 2019, Latinx groups represent the largest ethnic minority group in the United States. And there's also many mixed families regarding documented and undocumented individuals. So some stat stats are skewed and really unknown because not everybody is accounted for. According to Capsetel 2016, there's approximately 4 million undocumented parents with U.S.-born children living in the United States. And why is this important to know? Well, 
these families are combining cultures. There might be children that don't speak English or they don't speak Spanish and have trouble communicating with their parents. So it's really important to be aware of what the household really looks like and how each individual's experience has been with immigration or having undocumented parents is like for that specific family. That's why having specific assessments and intake questions in the beginning is important to tailor for the Latinx community. Now, there's countless reasons why Latinx immigrants decide to immigrate from their countries of origin to the U.S. According to Ornella Seychelles 2020, voluntary migration is often due to reasons of financial issues, issues with educational opportunities, or even the attempt to reunify with certain family members that have already relocated to the U.S. Several times families move at different times. So it might be one parent first or the guardian, but then the children stay behind with grandparents, aunts and uncles. It's always different. Every immigration story is different. Another reason why Latinx immigrants move to the U.S. is feeling forced, in a sense, to leave their country of origin due to reasons of escaping political instability, persecution, war, or other forms of violence and feelings of unsafety. These individuals are fleeing to possibly save their lives and or their families' lives from immediate or even suspected danger. For those that are leaving in difficult situations like these ones and as an emergency, they're more likely to emigrate without legal documentation due to the long wait through asylum or applying for a visa. Not only is it a long wait, but it's also extremely expensive. And some immigrants don't have the luxury to wait this long or pay the expensive and pricey fees because they're fearing for their life. Latinx immigrant communities have had to face an increasing rate of deportation as well as fear of deportation within the past few years due to the drastic changes that have been occurring in U.S. immigration policies. Areola et al. 2022. Furthermore, like I mentioned before, the U.S. 45th president left most Latinx immigrants feeling extremely anxious and afraid due to ongoing discrimination and bias. That campaign was clearly divisive, no matter what your political opinions are, and held demeaning messages towards several minority groups, but especially focused on immigrants and the Latinx population. Diaz and Fenning, 2021. Aside from the increasing rate of discrimination, bias, and newly implemented laws like we talked about that prevent undocumented immigrants from feeling safe in this country, the Latinx population also has significant barriers when attempting to obtain health insurance and healthcare overall. According to Health and Human Services 2021, the Latinx population has the highest rate of uninsured individuals in the U.S. compared to other racial and ethnic counterparts. 
And this, again, has a, a direct correlation with Latinx immigrants having a difficult time obtaining necessary services to keep their overall physical and mental health well-being in a good place. I would like to take a brief moment and thank the sponsor of today's episode, a Latinx-owned small business called Lou Designs CT, an arts and crafts business based out of Connecticut. This is a business owned by a Chilean couple, and they basically make handmade anything you ask for, from personalized wallets, Christmas ornaments, jewelry boxes, wooden signs, which woodworking is what they focus on and their main, their most popular sell, customized pet dish holders with their names. They have string art. So whether you have a business of your own and you're looking for some signs or decor to spruce up your office or your space, or you just want to find a cute and personalized gift for someone's next birthday or a holiday coming up, you can custom request whatever you desire. They ship continental U.S. and they'll only charge you for the exact postage from post office and there's no extra charge for shipping and handling fees. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook under Lou Designs Connecticut. That's L-U-D-E-S-I-G-N-S-C-T. And I will also leave their information on the show notes. Thank you again, Lou Designs, for being a proud sponsor of this podcast. And now back to our podcast episode. So the vast and significant barriers to accessing healthcare for Latinx immigrants in the U.S. has led this underserved population to having a significant amount of health conditions and problems that could have been prevented. For example, a study found that undocumented Latinx immigrant youth face disadvantages in receiving effective and culturally appropriate mental health services. Aguilar Gasquiola et al. 2012. In addition to these cultural barriers, Boswick et al. 2014 reports that Latinx sexual minorities report higher odds of both suicidal ideation and suicide attempts compared to both white and black LGBTQ plus identifying individuals. Health disparities are prominent within mortality rates and overall illnesses among Latinx immigrant groups. According to Martir et al. 2019, these health disparities could be due to decreased or no health insurance coverage, increased work due to financially supporting others like their own family or even family outside of the U.S., language barriers, limited access to medical history and medical records, and transportation. The literature, according to Pereira et al. 2015, identifies several trends currently and throughout the past regarding the accessibility of healthcare with a focus on mental health for this community in the U.S. Recent literature focusing on access and barriers to mental health treatment found that their exposure to stressful situations like discrimination leads to an increased risk of negative mental health outcomes and directly correlates with the amount of time the individual has been living in the U.S. So the longer they've been living in the U.S., their 
higher risk of negative mental health outcomes increases. Lee et al. 2022 conducted research in which they documented barriers to healthcare access among Latinx older adults. And they found nine key barriers, which was language barriers, stigma and negative attitudes towards healthcare providers, fears or a distrust of healthcare services and providers, lack of healthcare or ailment related information, lack of health insurance low socioeconomic status, limited or lack of transportation options, high healthcare costs, and decreased levels of health literacy. So their ability to understand what they're being told at the doctor's office. Chapman and Pereira 2005 identified a variety of common emotional stressors experienced by immigrants. These include, but are not limited to, acculturation difficulties, getting used to living in such a different place, coping with previous stressors prior to migration. So many individuals are already dealing with extremely stressful situations before they migrate, and they bring that stress with them. And trauma experiences previously, which led to the immigration, followed by further discrimination once they're in the States. Research conducted by Graf Detail 2022 found that major themes from providers regarding the hardships of Latinx immigrant families. And one of these themes was the awareness by providers of the adversity that these families faced in their country of origin. A second main theme focused on awareness of the hardships in this population faced during the journey to the U.S., and the journey at times was more difficult than their lives in their country of origin and the issues once they arrived in the U.S. A third major theme found of several providers was that the stressors related to immigration, which further worsened their mental health symptoms. And finally, another main theme included the complexity and layers of various trauma, both acute and chronic, experienced by Latinx immigrants. Several articles discuss the role that the media has played on negative beliefs and stigmas against the Latinx community, despite their legal immigration status. And this has caused additional fear and stress on all immigrants. So they're living with constant fear of deportation, which has led several to plan ahead for this possibly occurring as they don't want to be ill-prepared. Valentin Atel, 2020. Diaz and Fenning, 2021, reviewed studies that focus specifically on Mexican populations, and they found that due to increased xenophobia, hate crimes, and discrimination, that were a result of the 45th U.S. presidential election increased a lot of this fear. Although this election did not isolate only Mexican people, they bared the brunt of the negativity through the media and the presidential campaign. There is a significant number and degree and severity of the challenges detailed throughout the literature for the accessibility to mental health services. And there's also a significant trend in commonality and symptoms and overall general stressors of being a Latinx immigrant in the U.S.
And as previously stated, challenges have worsened since the Trump election and consequences of certain laws, racist rhetoric, and anti-immigrant sentiments. The Latinx immigrant community faces a myriad of intersectional issues that relate to their marginalized identity, which include things like poverty, language barriers, lack of health insurance, and immigration status. Pineros Leano et al. 2022. Latinx immigrants also arrive with their intersectionality, specifically those traveling from Central America, South America, and they might have experienced domestic and community violence, poverty, exploitation, parental abandonment, gang violence, and even extortions, Graf Detail 2022. This means, again, that Latinx immigrants already arrived to the U.S. having been victims of several crimes or traumatic experiences and then continue to be traumatized upon arrival to a country that was meant to provide them with a better quality of life. But they're met instead with a new set of barriers, a new set of stressors, and further traumatic experiences. A study by Valentina et al. 2020 found that general stressors identified by frontline providers who worked with a large Latinx immigrant population included things like divorce, family separation, disability status, and inability to work, health status, being underinsured, getting scammed or robbed, further financial difficulties, lack of social support, issues with driving and transportation, family problems, issues with parenting, and navigating and paying for health care. And within these barriers of Latinx immigrant populations, there are some that endure different struggles. For example, rural Latinx immigrant populations face an even greater barrier to accessing adequate behavioral and medical health care. Martyr Eital, 2019. And this is due to their lack of readily available care location-wise. So that just adds another layer of barriers in terms of the location, the lack of transportation, possible lack of child care, and further clinics to where someone might live. Another Latinx immigrant population that undergoes a unique level of emotional stress are undocumented Latinx immigrant youth. This group is not only faced with learning a new language, but also adapting to a new environment, a new school system, and might be chronically stressed due to fear of deportation and feeling unsafe. And they're also less likely to visit family members in fear of getting caught and deported. So even if they have social supports, they're fearful of maybe even leaving their homes. So despite the Latinx community being the largest growing immigration group in the United States, there's a tremendous health gap in accessibility to mental health services for this population. In a study performed by Valentina Tal 2020, researchers conducted expansive interviews with 23 immigrant clients at a federally qualified healthcare center in Southeast Michigan 
and 20 expansive interviews with staff at two FQHCs and a nonprofit agency serving the immigrant population. And this study found that immigrants endure a heightened level of anxiety and other additional negative mental health outcomes due to specific minority-related stressors, some stemming from an openly anti-immigrant environment that they're part of. The study discussed how chronic stress develops due to current and historical restrictive immigration policies, anti-immigrant rhetoric through the media outlets and politicians, again, fear of deportation and further discrimination. These stressors led to immigrants losing trust in community resources and services, which led them to stray away from even attempting to receive the help that they needed. This also leads to delayed medical care and adds adverse mental health consequences. Ornelas et al. 2020 discusses previous studies that have identified poor conditions of mental health and substance use differed at each stage of the migration process. So prior to migration, individuals are exposed to poverty and violence, which in turn increases their risk of depression. During the migration process, undocumented immigrants are at a significant risk for additional violence and mistreatment in places like detention centers. This can lead to post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and anxiety. And finally, once immigrants have finally made it to the U.S., they're confronted with ongoing financial stressors, low economic status, thus putting them at further risk for poor mental health. Ornelas et al. 2020 also discusses that despite recent healthcare reforms like the Affordable Care Act, which was meant to increase healthcare coverage for a significant number of uninsured individuals, undocumented immigrants were not eligible for receiving health insurance through Medicaid or state insurance providers. According to Jamani et al. 2020, Latinx immigrants have poorer access to overall healthcare and health insurance compared to non-Latinx white individuals. Participants in the study that was conducted identified three main adversities, which included their immigration legal status, language barriers, and isolation and depression symptoms. In addition to not only the institutional barriers like access to healthcare and insurance, Pineros Leano et al. 2022 discusses the specific impact that COVID-19 exacerbated negative symptoms to the Latinx immigrant population, and these consequences are likely to be expected to last many years to come. Another population that has significant barriers due to their other intersectionalities and another marginalized community within the Latinx population is the LGBTQ plus community. In a qualitative study of Latinx gay male immigrants, Gray et al. 2015 found that most of these individuals felt disconnected from their own Latinx community due to religious beliefs or family expectations embedded within those religious beliefs and lack of tolerance for their own identity in the Latinx community. 
An important contributor to the well-being of Latinx immigrants is the relation to forming new relationships and connections in their new community once they arrived to the U.S. Abrams et al. 2022. And this research found that support extended from the community as a whole and the ability to build deeper connections with others is a crucial factor to resilience during the post-immigration process. Risk factors identified in the study include discrimination, culture shock, language barriers, job insecurity, uncertainty regarding the future, and loneliness. On the other hand, protective factors identified in the study include social relationships and family relationships, spirituality, and the ability to build and conserve various different forms of social support. A study conducted by Galvin et al. 2022 examined the correlation between distress due to transnational family separation and the physical and mental health of undocumented Latinx immigrants. Results of this study showed that distress from transnational family separation increased as well as the participants' depressive, anxiety, and even physical symptomology. The distress from familial separation also correlated higher with physical and depressive symptoms over anxiety symptoms. In a study conducted by Graft Atel 2022, direct service providers were recruited that had extensive experience working with the Latinx immigrant population. Mental health providers were oversampled for the specific study, and data was analyzed thematically with the use of transnational theory of cultural stress. The authors found five main themes, exposure to violence in the client's country of origin, violence and family separation during migration, immigration-related struggles that influenced the client's mental health once they arrived in the U.S., complex trauma, and clients proactively using community organizations for resources and support. Lopez et al. 2012 found disparities in mental health care for Latinx immigrants were significantly less likely to access mental health services in, than their U.S.-born counterparts. This could be due to reasons of fear, distrust, and anxiety around providers or possible deportation or stigma. According to Valentina Tal 2020, immigrant clients fear enrolling in medical and mental health services due to the assumption and fear that this is going to bring issues with immigration. So this would be another valuable thing to add to the assessment process, letting the patients know what what to expect from their providers, that their providers wouldn't call immigration on them. And many are unaware and uneducated on the laws and are anxious to tell anyone about their legal status. There's also fears regarding ineligibility for U.S. admissibility or whether this would put them at risk for their safety. Another barrier includes clients not attending their already scheduled appointments due to risks associated with driving without a license. Valentina Tal, 2020. It's not unheard of that police officers will call immigration and customs enforcement during things like traffic stops and report undocumented immigrants. 
And this leads to a lot of individuals having to rely on transportation from family, friends, public transportation, or help from the health center if they provide transportation services, or even a reason why they don't make it to their appointments in the first place. According to Yamani Saitel 2020, regardless of legal status, Latinx immigrants are still less likely to live in certain communities and areas where they have more fear of deportation or when they fear the use of certain programs will lead to deportation. So this leads to a lot of the Latinx community often seeking services at community health centers where they might be able to obtain care without access to health insurance. Transnational family separation encompasses individuals who migrate to a new country and leave family members in their home country. This leads to significant emotional and or economic connections to those family members. Alcantara et al. 2015. It's not uncommon for immigrant families to send significant monetary help to their family back home. And the strain that the transnational family separation leads to is families being limited to be reunited with their family members from their country of origin due to the U.S. immigration policies. And Chantegi and Menhivar 2015. Another barrier that was found by Rosenberg et al. 2020 is that compared to other children and adolescents with mental health and behavioral health issues reported by their parents, the youth and immigrant families are less likely to receive medication for their mental health status. According to participants in a study by Pineros Leano et al. 2022, Immigration status was the main factor of inequitable care during the COVID-19 pandemic. Much of the access to aid was determined by legal status and whether they would be eligible for any assistance during the pandemic. So this omitted the use of unemployment benefits and any stimulus checks for undocumented immigrants. So this left out that entire population without any government aid if they were to have lost their jobs. Like I mentioned before, Latinxes aren't only faced with discrimination, but are also facing stressful post-migration circumstances outside of things like family separation, our cultural barriers, and just an overall adjustment to a new and at times unwelcoming environment during 2016. These stressors can further impact already existing mental health issues or worsen and add new mental health concerns. And immigrants who are facing acculturation struggles are more likely to develop anxiety and depression symptoms. No and Caspar, 2003. Diaz and Fenning, 2021, found through their research that depressive symptoms were widespread in parents who faced high poverty, political violence, and other trauma in their country of origin as well as having little education. This research also found that increased immigration laws and enforcement led to undocumented immigrants taking longer routes to entering the U.S., which exposed them to further possibilities of violence. These immigrants are then more likely to experience being robbed, sexual abuse, physical abuse, and monetary exploitation from individuals that help immigrants cross the border. 
Being exposed to any or several of this then further increases the probability of developing post-traumatic stress-related symptoms. Diaz and Fenning also found that increased anxiety is prevalent due to fear of deportation, limited social and familial supports due to that separation, and living in a hostile community. Valentin et al. 2020 conducted a study where authors found that immigrants often attempted to hide their identity to the best of their ability, which is a major contributor to limiting healthcare access, but also a barrier to positive mental health adjustment in a new environment that might lead to social isolation. This increases the probability of limiting social support systems within their community. Clients and staff within the study expressed a decrease in social activities among the community was largely due to recent anti-immigrant political beliefs and rants. The study also found that some immigrants even adopt an anti-immigrant belief themselves and begin to internalize everything that they're hearing in the media or in their community. So these individuals may start to have feelings that they don't deserve to be, or they don't belong in the U.S., and that it's true that they're here wrongfully. Because of this anti-immigrant rhetoric, this can lead to them feeling depressed, fearful, anxious, and again, higher levels of stress. In terms of location, a study by Quintero Somaini et al. 2004 showed that nearly 91% of U.S. Latinx individuals live in metropolitan areas, and over 28% live near major highways with high traffic, Bomer et al. 2013. And there are several risks with living in these areas, including both acute and chronic illnesses like respiratory problems, cardiovascular diseases, and even poor pregnancy outcomes. Some Latinx communities are still in areas where they face less than adequate water quality associated with health risks from elevated levels of arsenic and nitrates. Balas et al. 2012. A thing called Superfund sites is a term used to describe areas that are polluted with hazardous waste and are managed by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency as cleanup areas, which have potential threats to human health and the environment. And in 2013, nearly 22% of U.S. Latinx individuals were estimated to live near these Superfund sites. And Latinxes overall are more likely to live in areas with higher pollution from these industrial sites. According to a study by Kuznetsova et al. 2007, living near hazardous waste conditions has correlation with increased hospitalization rates. In terms of income, in 2014, the median household income for Hispanic individuals was $39,600, which is 52% lower than that of non-Hispanic white individuals at $60,300. Navas, Walt, and Proctor, 2014. And a study by Crossdad, 2014, in 2010, found that 6.1 million Latinx children were living in poverty, and 4.1 million of those children were of immigrant parents. In terms of education, SNP and Chung, 2016, 
found that lower educational attainment among Hispanic women has worsened over time. And that went from 11% in 1969 to 22% in 2009. Studies have also shown, according to Gonzalez Guarda et al. 2013, that Latinx women have a higher vulnerability to abuse and mistreatment. And this may cause them to suffer from lower self-esteem and higher rates of intimate partner violence, with rates depending and differing on their country of origin. Studies also show that Latinx individuals use fewer health screenings, have less follow-up care with providers, and of course, like we have said before, face additional economic and cultural barriers to receiving adequate health care. Velasco Mondragon et al. 2016. In terms of mental health services, Latinxes are also more likely to receive these services through emergency departments rather than outpatient services compared to non-Latinx counterparts. Delphin Ritman et al. 2015. Representation is also a really big deal. In terms of healthcare services, Latinx representation is historically low in the U.S. Pharmacists make up 3.4%, physicians 5%, physician assistants 3.7%, licensed registered nurses 1.7%, and dentists 3.3% of health professionals. And in 2015 to 2016, medical enrollment and graduation among the Latinx community remains at about 5%. Grumbach and Mendoza, 2008. So I know that that was a lot of information, a lot to process, but I think that that was extremely important to be aware of and know because it shows just how necessary this education is vital for for all practitioners working with the Latinx community because a lot of these things are things that we can implement as individuals, as an organization, as a private practice. And the more education that we put out there, hopefully the more that people start to take this seriously and take the certain steps that are necessary to improve all of these barriers that the Latinx community faces. Thank you for listening. And I hope that you join me on the rest of this journey. For some reflective questions, I want you to think about what you heard today during this episode. I want you to ask yourself, what can you do? What, what's a small goal? What's a small change you can make as an individual? And go from there on what you can do to better serve the Latinx community. And please don't forget the references and all of the articles that were used to inform this episode can be found in the show notes wherever you're listening to this podcast. In our next episode, we will be talking about the theories, frameworks, and specific interventions that we can take to help the Latinx community and what specific interventions we can use to improve that care. If you're experiencing an immediate crisis, please call 911. If you or a loved one are feeling suicidal, please call the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988. The previous lifeline number. 1-800-273-8255 is also available to people in emotional distress or suicidal crisis. SAMHSA also has a free, confidential, 24-7 treatment referral and information service line in both English and Spanish. 
And that number is 1-800-662-4357.